I think that as riders, there's lots of different things that we simply accept in our riding as being, well, that's the way it is. However, I don't think that the rhythm and canter has to be one of those things. And today, I would love to help you to redefine the rhythm and canter so you can have a more positive influence over it with your horse. So you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you to have better conversations with your horse. I'm an equestrian trainer, I'm an equestrian coach, I love helping riders both online and in person and today let's get your canter sorted. Okay, so we spoke about the canter, we've mentioned the rhythm, and I know it's something that I touch on a lot, but I really and truly do feel that a lot of riders are making a big mistake when it comes to the canter rhythm. And this is, of course, having dived into all things canter and rhythm related this past month inside of Connection. It was quite interesting having different conversations with different riders regarding the rhythm, and how for many riders, The rhythm is simply defined by the amount of strides. So the strides defines the rhythm. Now, yes, we could define rhythm that way, hey? (laughs) You could do that. If it's going to be repetitive and if it's on repeat, then yeah, it it is a rhythm, I suppose, isn't it, okay? But I think that when you get a little bit, a little bit more intentional, And when you dive a little bit deeper into each individual stride, that is where you can begin to truly define the rhythm. And this is why I'm saying we're redefining it. It's not that you're doing that in magical. The rhythm is the rhythm. The rhythm's always there. But you see, as riders, we tend to lose the rhythm because it gets lost. We don't see the individual beats. We just see the stride. And yet the canter is made up of three very individual beats. So it goes without saying that if we wanted to have more influence over the canter, if we wanted to improve or to develop things, well, we need to get really clear on those three beats. Now, you're probably saying, Lorna, please, I know all this. I know there's three beats in the canter. And I'm sure you do. I've no doubt in my mind that you know that. However, if you had to identify each individual beat within each canter stride, could you do that, A, and could you actually, if you want, divide them well enough in your head so as you could take individual actions within the canter stride on individual beats in order to more clearly define them, okay? So instead of it being one to three, 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 which is what the canter is for so many people, it will become one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, okay? That is very different. That is definition. Each beat clearly defined, each beat standing alone, each beat having a purpose, and each beat being a place where you could ask a potential question if you wanted to of your horse. And that is what I feel when we really get into redefining the canter. Stop seeing it as just the stride, start going deeper to within the stride in order to define the canter beat. 
Does that make sense? I hope so. We spent all of this month inside of Connection talking about this. And it was something that I feel for many riders, we, we were actually focusing on creating space within the canter. We were using ground poles to create more space within the canter. And that is really what we were doing with regards to the beats. We were creating the space. Now, I know there's a really obvious space within every stride of the canter. We all know the obvious space, the lovely roll in the middle, okay? It's lovely. The bit that, that happens between the three and between the one. And it's it's lovely if, if you're not quite supple enough, if you're not quite moving with your horse, it can sometimes catch you by surprise and you end up being bounced. Um, but generally speaking, it's that roll where everything resets. It's basically where your horse is moving over the, the leading front leg and is coming back in again to touch down once more with the one and of course the one if we're going to start defining is a great place to start well first of all it's the beginning so it's the fairly obvious place to start but also you have that really really obvious gap that intentional gap between the three so the end beat of the previous stride and then you have that roll one two three and there's a roll one two three and there's a roll, one, two, three, okay? So the one becomes easier to identify, okay? So that is where I'm going to suggest you start when we're talking about this canter. Now, I also think that in your head, and this is just going a little bit deeper into this, we're not going to touch on it too much, but it, it is a bigger topic, okay? But it is something for you to think about this week as you're working with your horse, is that every time you are noticing, every time you're aware of the one, now assuming that all is good, you're on the correct lead, okay? You're doing a mighty fine job up there, a stellar job, okay? That you then begin to also combine the identification of the one with almost like this feeling of your outside seat bone connecting with the one. Now, the one in the canter, you probably know, I'm sure you do, is your horse's outside back leg touching down. Bump, one, okay? Outside back leg comes under the horse, touches down to create the one. It's when the outside back leg gets put onto the ground. One, okay? So if we think about our hips and our seat and our body and how we influence our horse, I really feel that there's a connection between your outside seat bone and your horse's outside back leg. So if you could use the one within the stride to begin to almost like strengthen that connection in your head. And it's just it's just a thought. That's all it is. You're going to say, oh, there's one outside seat bone. Oh, there's one outside seat bone. Obviously a little bit quicker than that, okay? But you can begin to start defining that. You can begin to, first of all, become more self-aware of what you're doing in the saddle with the one. How many people are in one, they reach one, the first stride in the each beat, or the first stride in each, the first stride, Lorna, the first beat in each stride of the canter. You see, I said that twice the wrong way, and I was like, whoa, 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 hold on there now. But seriously, the first beat in each stride of the canter, we can identify it, but very often we are not connected to it. We are out of the saddle, 
we're nowhere near connected to it. And that's a pity because if you could begin to connect your outside seat bone with one, obviously no aid is ever used in isolation. Okay. So your other aids are also there playing a role. But if we can just get really simple here, outside seat bone with one, it would then be the perfect place to begin thinking about a half halt. And remember with the half halt, the half halt is one beat. That's all it is. Split second. Just like that. Okay. That's your half halt. And if you could then imagine, just imagine, wait for it. If you could start actually asking for a half halt on one with your outside seat bone. Could you imagine what would happen? Well, you could actually begin to define it a little bit more. And one, instead of it being one to three, one to three, it'll become one to three, one to three. Okay, two three will still fly along, but one now becomes in your head this like defining moment. And that is marvelous because once you've got a starting point, now you can work on all the others. It's just a simple matter of defining the first one, okay? So we said we'd only hold the half halt for the one split second, for the one beat, the okay? So now think about two. Two is when your horse's inside back leg and your horse's outside front leg move together at the same time, touch down together. And it's so strange when people begin to try and define the beats within the canter, what often they'll do is they'll slow the canter down, but they'll slow it down to the point where they, it's technically not a canter anymore because those two legs no longer are moving in sync. And what happens is one leg touches down before the other. So you actually get a four time beat. You get one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That's not a canter. Canter is three beats, okay? So it's important to, as I said, use the, de- the definition of the one and really in your head begin to define it through the half halt to then notice the two. And if, as we mentioned before, your seat bones were definitely connected to your horse's back legs, okay? So your inside seat bone, your horse's inside back leg, your outside seat bone, your horse's outside back leg, if they're all connected. And if on the two, the horse's inside back leg is now moving forward, what would your seat bone be doing? Yes it would be moving forward and you get that swing motion or some people describe it as being a scoopy motion, okay? And you'll feel that, you'll feel the scoop. There's two, two is there. And now, there you go. Now you've defined two. So now you've got one, two, and three is simply a matter of you reaching the end of that scoop or that swing with your seat, okay? Three is when your horse's inside front leg touches down, bump, there we go. And then what happens is you get the roll or the space, the gap in between the tree and the one where your horse's body passes over all that and then gets ready to put down one again, to lay it down. I often think when I'm describing the canter to people, I kind of have this picture in my head of somebody playing cards. And you know when somebody is dealing cards and they kind of put down the cards and they kind of get into a rhythm with it, That's kind of the feeling I have, that each footfall is like a card on the table. (laughs) And they're clearly defined. They're like there, 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 there. And it's it's done with this awareness of it. So I think that that, if you could... (laughs) Okay, not that you want to play cards, but it is important to understand that there has to be awareness and there also has to be these three clearly defined beats. That is the rhythm of the canter. 
not the stride. Yes, the stride, as I said, you can make up rhythms with the strides. Of course, anything that's repeating is essentially a rhythm. But what we want when we're talking about redefining it, I want in your head you to start getting clear. Go deeper. Get clear on the one, two, three, and notice how you can have an impact over your horse inside of that. I go into more detail on all of the things that I mentioned today inside of the blog post to go with this episode. You can find it over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash episode 1233. Nice and simple. Okay, so I hope you have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. If you are wanting to improve your riding and you're looking for a way to supple up, this is your invitation to join Fit for Riding 2022. And there's a nifty little podcast there. There's a little bit of a workout. There's all the things. It's there for you. It's absolutely free. You can find it at fitforriding.com forward slash go. Otherwise, the link will be in the show notes for this episode. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Have a great day. Keep well. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.